This is your naughty Dr. Tar. This is Professor. <laughs> Heather. This is the Midnight Gadfly because you fucking stole mine. <laughs> this is Dr. Badhead. <laughs> Where's my drugs? Where's the blue fez? Oh, man. Again, the blue fez is gone. Still in the rubber room. <laughs> and you are listening to... <laughs> At the sound of the chimes. All right, uh, this is the episode where we kind of jump lanes, we kind of get a little bit out of our uh, comfort zone. As a matter of fact, this movie will put anybody out of their comfort zone. Um, and that is The Bad Lieutenant, uh, the original one with Harvey Keitel, directed by Abel Ferrer. Is that correct? Driller yeah. Killer. Yeah, yeah. Driller yeah. drill Killer and a number of other things. Um, and this is a, a, a down and dirty movie that was, you know, a lot of times shot guerrilla style, um, not a lot of permits and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they did have funding and, and all that, that kind of thing, but it's a kind of movie that I think just doesn't get made anymore. Um, it's really, it's about Harvey Keitel and uh, in an apartment in the church at the bus station. <laughs> Um, it's about a it's about a policeman who is slowly spiraling out of control uh, with his He's gambling, bad. yeah, with his gambling, uh, and uh, with his um, drug use, and then just his hedonism uh, in general. Um, you can just watch him as the movie progresses. He's already in a bad state when it begins, but he really just kind of degenerates uh, throughout the thing. Um, and they have this weird parallel between the church and between baseball, <laughs> right? So they keep going back and forth between uh, the Catholic Church and baseball. The two and religions. The, and yes. then the, yeah, and the two gambles, you know? I mean, it's yes. The, yes. the two things he gambles on. Um, so, uh, you know, as I said, I picked this movie because I haven't seen it since we watched it, uh, I think, the first time, like, in 1992 or 93 when it first came out. And uh, we, yeah. dis- we discovered it on VHS. Because um, that was back when you'd be like, anything with Harvey Keitel, we're good. Let's, let's watch it. Yeah, yeah let's um, check it out. Right. And uh, so when I watched it, I thought it was great. And it was, that was a whole time in movies when there was a lot of weird, gritty kind of stuff going on, much like the late 70s, you know, where the people were kind of returning to the streets and doing more independent stuff. And it kind of picked up in the More experimental stuff, yeah. We, and they could get away with it. You know, people were looking for – it wasn't all about the big blockbuster. Um, but anyhow, this is just a movie that, you know, again, Abel Ferrer is noted for making stuff in New York, you know, because he's from New York. Um, and uh, he's got that New York 
uh, actor set that he plays with, like Christopher Walken in King of New York and Harvey Keitel and you know, so on. The, um, but uh, so, Professor Feather, what did you think of this one, the bad lieutenant returning to this movie? Um, yeah, I watched it again just a few nights ago, actually. Um, and I hadn't seen it for a long time. It hasn't been since that early time. I've seen it several times before, you know, in the, in the interim of the years, um, only just because I, it, it draws me back just to see, to see a movie of utter degeneracy. Um, I mean, just it, it is relentlessly it degenerate. Does stop, yeah. It does not stop, and I think that, and therein lies the beauty, and it shows. It, and I kind of disagree with uh, Gadfly. I think it, he the spiral is way beyond slow. I think he's at the top of that or bottom of that spiral, however you want to look at it. And this is just the culmination of everything because everything he does from the minute this movie starts is you know just total 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 chaotic degenerate uh behavior and you know he's caught up in all of it and it's kind of interesting to see uh one of the things i liked about this movie and on this second or third fourth fifth whatever time probably about this is probably about the fifth time i've seen it um the his interaction with his kids um, is is an interesting part of the movie too. Um, there's a real coldness there, you know. Even you just watch, there's just a coldness there that, and I think it's you know, you know, I think he's spiraled beyond control. And he even knows it. I think that's what all of the the little squeaks are about. You know, he's trying not to, he's trying his best to not recognize his fate. But each time you think if he's doing that, when he does this, you know, there's something has happened that, you know, it intrudes on what he, what his perceived reality is, which is at, you know, he's knows by now it does not hit that reality does not exist. You know, it's, he lives in a it's, totally yeah. different reality and um, yeah. And he goes through the motions. And I think that's, that's what, that's the beauty of the movie. Um, it's very hard to watch, I think, in a lot of respects. But there again, that's because the director and writing, you know, it calls for that. It calls for that examination. And uh, yeah, you don't you don't get a chance to see that a lot in, in movies. And I think this is a pretty honest examination. And what's interesting about it, it's it, it is also um, um, invisible uh, invisible narrative. In that there is no, uh, the, the I think he there is no uh, judgment from the 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 filmmaker from from the from the film. You're not getting any kind of judgment. You're just observing what's happening to this this particular individual, um, you know. And I guess the only judgment is what happens in the end. But so. You know, I guess that's the that's the ultimate judgment. But I just think that's the whole object of the movie is to make it kind of to give this gritty examination. And also, it's a pretty you know scathing indictment on the police too, because and only in that it was correct. You know, it was right. You know, that's always been a, a big deal with uh, you know the New York City Police Department. Just had, corruption is so easy, you know, to to, to happen. <laughs> 
He's a prime example. There's my take. So, uh, Dr. Head. Uh, this, this movie is really uncomfortable. It's hard to watch. I've seen it only twice. It was the first time when it came out back in the probably the mid '90s. Uh, again, I I totally agree. Anything with Harvey Keitel, I'm going to watch. Um, and I like some of the indie stuff he's done, like Smoke. You know, it's just watching him. Um, and it's just another excuse for him to get naked, naked. You know, <laughs> like in the piano. You know. Yeah. But uh, no, boy, I knew what was going to happen. And I still, I watched it a couple of days ago, and I still felt just as uncomfortable as I did the first time I watched it. It, it. it just a testament to how strongly this movie is made, and the performances, and just how gut wrenchingly nihilistic it yeah. is, and just devoid, devoid of any meaningful hope or redemption. You know, which you see through the constant betting and losing. You know, and this desperation that grows as he's like, no, double the double the money on the next bet. Yeah, strawberry's gonna come through. It's like, and and the reactions to that, and and I really particularly still. I mean, you have the 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 nun story as as a sideline. It almost becomes a sideline because you see the cops and the murders that have happened detach in a way. Like they'll be there in a second, and then they walk away, and they're like, hey, so what's up with the fucking game? You know, and you, you, you see that detachment between these two things that are going on. And, uh, but that scene in the church where he's hallucinating and seeing Christ when he finally just is like, oh, I'm up to my fucking ears. And he tries to just say, I'm, I've, I've fucked up so many things and how sorry he is. You know, it's a very, it's a powerful scene in, in that way. Uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't save him in any real way out of his fate but um no i i i like the it's a great movie to see it's something i'll probably watch the next time i'll watch it with a bunch of like first graders or something but um you know, it's just it's a brutal <laughs> movie and, and but it, it's a powerful film and, and uh, just i f- i felt very affected by it just like i did the first time there I, I was gonna say you can't such a fucking bleak movie it's just yeah you know yeah it's, it's one of those movies but it's just the slow descent and documentation of it you know what i mean it's just anyway yeah i mean it's, it's so many scenes jump out not just the drug use that's like to me that's like that, no, almost, that, it, almost, that almost is like oh yeah compared to the scene where he pulls the, the two girls over in the car and I, I remember like going, oh my God. And I, I had forgotten all about that scene. So I watched, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know? And, uh, yeah. Right. And like, a, oh boy. You know? I think we watched it together, didn't we? Anyway, that was a true shot. Yeah. Yeah. That scene's the, probably the most uncomfortable one for me, I think, uh, is the, the two girls in the, in the car. The, um, it, I think it's interesting because it, uh, at the end, he is, you know, he has that scene with the Christ, you know, hallucination or whatever, you know, maybe he saw God, who knows. Um, <laughs> the, uh, 
but he sort of listens to the nun, right? Who has, she says, I've already forgiven them, you know, and he even tries the logic. He goes, look, they could do this to somebody else. You got to get them off the street, you know, and that still doesn't even sway her. Um, But then he ends up at the end, spoiler alert, you know, you think he's found the two guys and he's going to blow them away. Um, and no, he takes him to the bus station, says, you get on that bus, you don't come back. Here's a box with $30,000 in it, right? And because she forgave them, he is now forgiving, you know. Um, and the, the beauty of that whole scene is, again, he's there going, <laughs> and then immediately after, you know, to spoil everything, uh, he pulls up to the place that he's supposed to meet these people and they just blow him away. And they're like fuck you copper <laughs> or something like that you know right yeah the ending scene is just so good that yeah. that whole because uh, it's a static camera you know it, that's why i said that's what i like about the invisible directing you know this is not a you know oh i'm going to direct it i'm going to put this on this real weird angle and i'm going to do 80 million cuts and show you this no this i'm going to show you it in its entirety i you don't uh, and you don't and, know how much I appreciate that in film, uh, so much <laughs> sometimes because it, that that can be so much more powerful. And you can't tell honestly that these people knew what was going on or not. The reactions, yes, so confused, yes. But I was like, even the second time through, I'm like, I still don't know if these no. people right. are in on it or not. You know, because they're just they're all gathering around. It's a slow building scene. Yeah. Like someone comes over, like, oh my god. And other people are coming by, and I'm like, this could be a real reaction to this guy with this blood blood splattered window. Very well could have been. And that would have been perfect for the feel of the movie, to get that real visceral reaction. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's good writing. It's also uh, talking to people who've had the experience of somebody getting shot, you know, or being around when they got shot. Because it's not like this, you hear the shot and everybody in that area panics. You know, people are like going, wait, what was that noise? And they did—they don't even often see the gun, but then they see the situation. Oh, there's a guy slumped over. Like when that lady like looks in the car and you're like, you're right. I'm like, I, I'm like, I wonder if they just knew how to, to direct that or if they just didn't tell anybody there that they were shooting this scene. Well, I think you know, it was a mixture of people. Yeah. Some of them were actors. Yeah. And, and, but then a lot of them weren't. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I think I, it really looks that way to me. If it wasn't that way, then it's brilliant that it was staged that way because it, I mean, those people act. really looked, did not look like actors who you'd, you know, but there again, he could have said, look, you're, there's, here's, you're, they could have all been extras that he said, here's what you do. You stand there, you hear this pop, and you're looking around. And eventually you're going to see that there's something going on in that car. Right. So I don't know. It could be either way. Abel Ferreira's, you know, the, the guy, he's, he's no dummy. So, you know, I give him credit for however he staged it or however it was worked. I think it's really good. I like the idea better that, you know, that it's a mix. Because I like that idea that genuine puzzled looks on yeah. people's faces like, that are in that scene. Maybe yeah. just had a couple of actors out there. to Yes, to kind of bring them on. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have to have your, your patsy. And direct. Like the woman yeah. who came over first. Yes, but she's the one who attracts the attention of everyone else. Yes, that's why I thought perhaps, perhaps she that. Stage, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's brilliant filmmaking. Yeah, the uh, um, just the, the the style of that shooting, you know, that kind of grittiness and that kind of immediacy. 
Um, it's also during a time of New York when before they came in and cleaned it up a lot, you know. So that CD. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of that place, yeah. you know. So like I see, I've only been to New York City once, and that was like in 1991 or 92. Um, and uh, when I went to the Port Authority and when I was in Times Square, it was nothing but pornography, drugs, and uh, you know, indigents uh, everywhere. So it was, you know, and now I see pictures of it and it's all Disney-fied, you know, because they've you know, cleaned up uh, all that kind of stuff, which you know, I got nothing against. I just, uh, it's just an interesting juxtaposition. So, so when you get to watch one of these movies and then you go to there now, it doesn't really look like that, you know, in most places. Um, yeah. The but, grindhouse stuff. Right. When I think uh, the other thing is, you know, whenever you have New York uh, as a prevalent part of the film, it's its own character. You know, it ends up being, you know, a part of the film that's integral to how everybody acts, reacts, you know, does all that kind of stuff. Um, so watching and knowing that Keitel's from New York and that we've got Abel Ferrer. And then also I think isn't uh, Ferrer has uh, is been a notorious heroin addict for most of his life, I think. Has he? So, you know, I think he has direct experience with <laughs> a lot of bad lieutenant. Yeah. Well, those yeah. scenes where they were doing drugs looked awful realistic. Yeah. From you know, I, and I yeah. was thinking, how are they doing it? Like, oh, maybe the the, the fake needle is glued to the skin, because that skin was moving around. Yeah. And you know, and it looked very, very real. Um, yeah. It wasn't stylish. It wasn't pretty. Um, yeah. It looked like a couple junkies getting high. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. and and uh, yeah, yeah, right. And I the scene, you know, I could I like the scene when they find that the. the uh, the guy dead and Harvey Cattell's like rifling through the car and he finds that kilo of cocaine <laughs> and then like, drops it out, you know, and he's like, put that in evidence. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like he, he wanted that kilo of cocaine. Oh, he did. You know? yeah. And I thought, Oh man, you know, and you just see the, uh, like you said, Feather, the depravity in every aspect of this guy's life. Um, but did you see the look of the officer? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, how'd yeah, that get like, there? I was just standing here. It wasn't any fucking yeah, cocaine on the floor. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I, that and that's brilliant, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a... right. And it's it's a look that you if you don't look at him, you miss it. Yes, he like he doesn't like zoom in or no, on no, it no. Or give foreshadowing. It's just like it's in the frame, and you're watching Kaitel. You look up and you see it, and it's, it's gone. Yeah, you move on yeah. to the next scene. Yeah, yeah. right, right. That's yeah, great. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, one of the things I lament these days is just we don't get movies that are uh, like this anymore. There's very little risk, very little, uh, uh, and a lot of risk is big risk now because of you know judgment for things. Like if this was filmed this year, that scene with the two girls in the car would be you know just uh, lambasted, and maybe a lot of people haven't seen this movie enough to, <laughs> to go back and lambaste <laughs> yeah. that scene. Because it's a pretty creepy scene. I mean, it's a you know, it's very. I think disturbing. he lambasted. That's what, <laughs> he was lambasting. <laughs> he was lambasting right there. He lambasting the side of the car. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Definitely, <laughs> definitely hard scene. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I could just. I was and I was watching. I was thinking these two actresses are brought in they're in the meeting with the writers they are doing the read-through you know like i did like you know what did like harvey Keitel say something to them like i know this is going to be an uncomfortable scene 
you know, we're all professionals here. Or or did he just say, shut the fuck up? You know, like, was he in character all the time? Yeah, who knows, or, yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that I think about now. And I look at yeah. those kind of really uncomfortable scenes. Like, you know, these two these two actresses, you know, everyone's on board. You know what you're signing up for. You know what the scene reads. And, uh, you, you know, they're obviously in it. But it's still, to kind of be an actor in that kind of scene, it would just be really difficult uh, to kind of do something like that, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it's I, definitely, no matter, it's no matter a, which one you're playing, Kaitel. Definitely or, a choice. Yeah, yes. that, that you yeah. want to be in that in that in that scene. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, you know, it's also a, a good scene because it could be there could be a lot of women out there who go, hey, that's not that unrealistic. You know, I've uh, been pulled over well, or well, you know yeah, people yeah, in authority, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and I think it's so well done. I, I wonder if they're even in the same scene at the same time together. You know, is Harvey really outside that car? Well, there are shots where he definitely is, but how much how much of that, right, of the close-ups were not that that rarely could be, yeah, yeah. right. Only Harvey knows, and yeah. little Harvey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can we hurry up? It's cold. <laughs> oh yeah, so, this movie makes me want to go watch uh, Barfly. He cut out. What did I? Yeah, you've been cutting out. Oh, you gotta let me know. Okay makes you want to watch what barfly oh. <laughs> a light entertaining romp yes it's like waiting for mr goodbar watch it or yeah mr goodbar that's actually a pretty good movie i can't wait for the new version of this the chill the disney version of a you know baby lieutenant <laughs> Give me the fucking formula. Mainlining. Mainlining the good Don't formula. Don't make me go poo poo. That's right. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to smell my diaper? You want to smell? Yeah, show me how you smell my diaper. Yeah, show me. Show me. <laughs> yeah. Pay a dollar to see that shit. Here's your next movie, Feather. Get the camera out. We'll start doing uh, it. Baby, baby lieutenant. All right, well, baby we got we got a little bit of time left here. Does anybody have any last words on Bad Lieutenant? That's if you haven't seen it. Go see it. Yeah, Watch go it. see it. Watch it. It's on it's, Prime. You Bring the yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it a family yeah. watch. Make yeah, it a family I mean. event. Get some popcorn. This is the perfect. You know. I think they should show this to like high schoolers. It's the perfect scared straight. You know. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a good first date movie. <laughs> you'll know offhand if he or she is right for you uh, alright so let's do some a little bit of uh, what have you been watching so Dr. Head what have you been watching uh, let's see what have I been watching I've been watching the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah good which, uh, yeah it, which is which is fantastic um, and uh, what else have I been seeing trying to think not not much else as far as new stuff goes uh yeah falcon and winter soldier and boy that sounds boring i know there was something else i watched but it wasn't that good so i don't remember it <laughs> but that one anyway that was good cool well we'll come back to you dr tar okay, what have I'll you been think, watching oh uh, oh i discovered a project blue book prime it was a history channel it was a fictionalized uh you know the project blue has anybody seen this yeah i did oh my god it's hilarious yeah. 
Makes me laugh. But anyway, episode eight takes place in Bowling Green, Ohio. Nice. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. I really did not realize we had a big... That is just like way fucking cool. <laughs> I guess it's out by Old Mill Road. <laughs> I know exactly it's where it's at. <laughs> it go. has that shield up that kind of shimmers. No, you're thinking down devil's hole. <laughs> it's bad alien, Lieutenant. I think. Yeah, but it, it's hilarious. So it, it's it's funny. Actually, it, it plays off more like an. But they show you a lot more. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. I'm kind of hooked now, though. I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stupid addictive. It is. How far are they going? And the guy playing uh, Heineck. Oh my god! It, yeah, it's just kind of funny. You have to watch it. Very stereotypical stuff. It's like a B movie for a series or something. They, like today, they brought out they wheel out the flying saucer. You know, they don't tell you if they caught it or wherever they got it. But it looks like the Avro. You know, the Canadians were doing at the time. So they put this, make this guy get into it, and you're thinking, oh, it's just a, you know, experimental plane. Well, they get up there, it rises up for a. 10 feet, all of a sudden you see the shimmer, all of a sudden it just disappears. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. It was fun how they... Yeah, they just... They kind of do sightings, but they don't. They take elements, what they, they've read about, and all together. And so it was kind of... It's, it's fun to watch that, to see that. Yeah, anyway. Cool. So what about you, Professor Feather? I just watched a, a documentary on Black Sabbath and on it's, it actually focuses on their album Paranoid but talks to other band and there's like some they talk to the band they and they talk about their process but then they also show them playing some songs and, well, it was kind of interesting kind of interesting I never knew much about you know how their how the dynamic of the band was and it, it was a revelation to me uh, quite a bit that I um, I didn't know that Geezer wrote most of the lyrics. I I'd never known that. I always thought you know Ozzy Osbourne did, but they said what Ozzy would do is uh, when they would come up with a riff and he would want to you know start trying to come up with his melody that he wants to sing. Say he would just sing nonsense stuff, you know, uh, just make stuff up on you know on the spot that had no meaning. Then Geezer would go back and, and actually write lyrics and give to him, and then he would match those lyrics to that melody um, most of the time. I thought that was kind of cool. And the other thing that was kind of interesting about about them is they would play early on, and they would have to play this gig, and they'd only play... They only had eight songs, but they had to play 45 minutes or something, or an hour and 45 minutes, I can't remember. Anyway, but they had to play it quite a bit, so they had to extend their songs... You know, make them longer to match the time. And they said uh, what happened, though, was they would be playing. They'd have to jam. And all of a sudden, they'd come up with a new riff, new lick. And, you know, back then, that was they were lick, riff-oriented. And said, then we'd take that riff and, and practice in the next day and make that into a song. <laughs> uh, that, I, thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool, you know, just how they, how they all interacted um, and how they all, you know, got along. So and they got along really well early on. But it makes sense after I've seen Ozzy Osbourne talk. It makes sense that Geezer wrote the lyrics. Um, and and then the other, 
yeah, and then the other uh, thing I've just started watching, and I've I um, I started I just watched the first four episodes of uh, Westworld on HBO Max. What do you think? I've that? seen I've seen the first season of Westworld before when it first came out. Mm. I saw it. I, like I haven't it. seen any of it since. You know. Yeah, and I, I, I know there's that. how many seasons? Three. Is, Is three? there? Yeah, and so I haven't seen the other two seasons. Uh, but I have seen the first one. But I wanted to go back and watch the first one, which I'm, I'm entirely glad I did because uh, there's elements that I totally forgot about, you know, and how it worked. But it also, spoiler, I also knew seeing certain things happen, I knew that those people, you know, what happens they're, like, they're, they're different than, you know, it's the, the whole thing ends up what you see is not necessarily what is true or right. what, what yeah. you believe to be true. And that's the end of the first season, I know, you know, how it kind of, but I haven't got there yet. I haven't got to the end of the first season. I'm just now getting to the point where the, uh, the, I don't know what you want to call them, the androids, I guess, whatever they are, the android, you know, are, beca are becoming sentient, are starting to lose right, yeah. their, you know, their, their yeah, they're lo losing their Asimovian uh, religion and and so that, that's what I've been watching. Oh, and I'm and I'm watching uh, every night. We watch uh, another chapter of Captain Marvel, the serial. Um, we're we're about halfway through that, so I've been watching. Been, watch, been watching that too. Nice. Watch that, and then we'll watch you know Boston Legal or you know, The Mentalist. They have Spice Smasher. Watch those punch. all the time. And we here's a new, if you haven't watched here's a series that's on Prime. It's called New Tricks. It's a BBC production, and they've got like I don't know seven, five five to seven seasons, something like that. And their seasons aren't long, but they've got you know several. And it's all about uh, this police uh, unit that gets formed by retired policemen, detectives, and they have a, a woman who is the uh, head of them. And they do cold cases, and so every everybody there is you know sixty plus except for the woman and you know and they all are there's three got three other guys see one two three, and it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting show, because it just uh, all the characters are great and it's written very well and they're pretty quick they're not real boring like a lot of British. Stuff is more, you know, cerebral. It's not, this isn't that way at all. It's got some kind of like nice comedy to it. it it's really good. It's really good. Um, and it's just, you know, general family fare. You know, it's not anything, you know, super bad. You know, it's it just, I, I, I really like it. Betty and I watch it, uh, you know, we watch it whenever we're, uh, when we eat. <laughs> we put it on the old TV and just watch it. No, I, I like it. I think they're really good. So there you go. I'm done now. Yeah, uh, Westworld is really good, I thought. Um, at least for the first two seasons. Um, I started watching the third one, uh, and I was just not getting into it. So I, I may have to wait on that kind of stuff. But HBO always consistently has some good stuff. Um, they have, uh, there's a, I think it's from Denmark or something like that. It's called Investigation. It's a limited series. Uh, it's based on a true crime that happened in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in 2017, um, it's really good, and it's uh, they didn't dub overdub it, so you have to read uh, you know subtitles yeah. and stuff. Yeah, subtitles. Yeah. But its pacing is so 
like decompressed um, and just uh, the way the actors. That was a good nautical term, I guess. Yeah. Submarine. I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you watch it too. I got the bends. Yeah, it's like, if you watch it too fast, you'll get the bends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really good. Um, and then, did any of you watch the Watchmen? series that was oh yeah started to i haven't finished it oh i watched it as soon as i started watching it i binge watched it unfortunately um because i really really liked it Yeah, what they did was really cool um yeah when i first started when i yeah as far as i got yeah it was something that's fantastic yeah so i said hbo max has been just awesome i'm not trying to plug we're not getting paid for this but uh i know should be i watch so much stuff on there right now um because uh the what's the other thing um was on there uh, that I kept watching. Oh, all the Godzilla stuff. So I watched the good, you know, the original mm-hmm. Gojira, and then the whatever they they had Somebody a different else. they had a different name for that one. It was Godzilla something, you know, or Revenge or Revenge or something. I don't know. Oh, Mecha Godzilla or whatever. I don't know. It was just uh, and so I've been watching those, and then I skipped ahead to was it Monster Zero? Yeah. Is that the one where they have the cool well, space? Monster Zero. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Monster Zero comes before Mechagodzilla. Monster Zero is like I think the sixth, or seventh movie. Yeah, you know, it's Gator the three-headed monster. Then I think Monster Zero is after. Really that. pushing the alien invasion aspect and in space. Yeah. Monster Zero is great. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, but Nick the, Adams. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I also been watching the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, which is yeah. really good. It's. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah, they they have a, a way of kind of slowly starting. Like that first episode, I was like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but then they really kind of picked up and, and ran with it. Um, but the other one that's on Prime uh, is an animated series called Invincible. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I started watching that one. I, I, is it based on the comic book from the comic yeah, book? Yes, and the comic yeah. book was awesome. Um, yes. It was, we, had a, we started reading them when they were in trade, so you had like 12 trades that you could go through. Okay. Um, and my son got them during one summer, you know, in high school or whatever. So we just kept, he'd read one and pass it on to me and we'd read them. And we're just like, this is just brutal. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, what would happen if Superman really punched a human being? You know, it would, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like just, the boys. Yeah, it's, it's like Homelander. Yeah, it is, except it's not as mean. Um, right. It's, it's, it literally is kind of a pulp superhero universe that is really violent, you know. So it's not trying to... Uh, you know, be anti-establishment or any of that kind of stuff. It just says, here's what superpower <laughs> do to some people and not to others. Um, but the animation art uh, is very true to the comic um, and the stories kind of move. And there's only going to be like eight episodes, half hour episodes, you know, for the first season. I think the first one was like an hour long or something like that. It's yeah. quite long. Yeah. Well, they released yeah. the yeah. first, th- well, maybe each one of them are an hour. You're right. Yeah. I think, Which I think is a good, yeah. a good time to tell the story. It's like mm-hmm. watching a full length sort of like yeah. you know like the punisher and stuff like that the hulk yeah yeah and uh, i've been watching those captain marvel serials too they're awesome so i think they're some of the better serials you know yeah what well, was that that one and uh spy smasher i think they got both we're supposed to be two of the best serials ever made i've never seen either or so i don't all right, well, I guess that's an episode. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say!
you have been listening to podcast. You have what? Where can you find us? Here. Unsane radio at gmail.com. That's our email. Send us email. Dot commie. We freaks on Facebook. Blue Fez is not among us today again. But you can catch his comic book strip every Wednesday on Facebook. We freaks. W E E F R E E K Z. Yes, sir. Tar and Feather Psycho Cinema has a Facebook page. We also have a website called tarandfeather.com. That's F E T H E R, not the regular spelling. You can go there and see all kinds of cool, cool things. I'm not kidding you. There's really it. That, that, you can spend hours on our website. Most people don't realize that. We have a very comprehensive website. Hours. If you are into Edgar Allan Poe, our website has every story he's ever written. You can watch them, access them on on our website. We have all kinds of biographies, all kinds of plays, all kinds of YouTube links to things done by Edgar Allan Poe. We are the Edgar Allan Poe Center of the Internets. Hub. <laughs> we we are the hub. The hub. I gotcha. Midnight Gadfly has is on vacation uh, from his cabaret work. He's he's decided to take a little break and reassess what he's doing. Um, he's thinking about going into uh, another field, but he doesn't want to talk about that right now. So I guess you don't, right? I pulled a clavicle. Oh, okay. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Twenty minutes. Oh. I shaved the wrong leg. Ha, 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 ha.